Uh, and then towards the back, you can see a large black helm, like the, the spell, you've seen the spell jamming helm above your own ship. Yeah. It's basically a throne. This is like that, except that it is black wood, except looking closer, it's not black, it's regular colored wood that has been stained with blood so many times, oh. it has turned black, and lying in it is a dead body. Excellent, love it. So uh, Cacophony sees this, kind of, uh, she kind of looks around, um, she approaches that dead body solely because, you know, it's good to make sure it's permadead. Okay, uh, you're pro as you approach it, uh, nothing happens. How close are you going to get? She will get, I'd say, within 10 feet of it. Within 10 feet? Yeah, so okay. about there. Inside of 10 feet, uh, looking at it, this appears to be a uh, human man. All of the major joints in his body, his shoulder, his elbows, his hips, and his knees have been broken. And he looks, from looking at him, does not appear to have been dead very long, maybe a few hours. Oh, poor dude. Is that a... I bet that's a life jammer helm. Yeah. Is it a life jammer helm? Coming up beside you, the captain taking a look at it says, yeah, that's a life jammer. Uh, she nods her head and eyes the man and she glances back to the captain and, and is like, do you think there's anything we should do to make sure he doesn't join any undead who are coming after us? I don't know anything about undead. You're supposed to cut their heads off, right? I don't know. I I think so. That sounds good to me. So she'll awkwardly, it must be said, Cacophony uh, <laughs> uh, gently kind of gets him out of the life jammer helm and uh, and will take off his head, I guess. All right. Roll an attack just to see if you biff it. <laughs> it's, it's a prone body, so you're probably going to be fine. It's but... pretty awkward. Uh, <laughs> hold on. More importantly, what weapon are you using to try and take his head off with? I believe you have only piercing weapons. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I glance to the captain and go, do you have anything that could cut? I've got stabbies. I know she's got guns. But... She sighs and pulls her saber, which yeah. does have a cutting edge on it. I can do it, though, if you want me to, Captain. Please. And she looks actually a little <laughs> nauseous. Yeah, she takes it then. And uh, once I figure out what button I hit for an attack, I will attack. There it is. Can I just use my rapier? Because it should be about yeah, the same. Okay. It, uh, her saber is just a rapier that does slashing damage instead. Okay. And I get advantage because it's prone and not moving. 15? Oh yeah, that'll hit. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, you managed to take the head off. Okay. And then she, uh, uh, and then uh, I will press the digitation, her, her saber clean and hand it back to her. Uh, she takes that back and, and resheets it. Uh, grateful that she doesn't have to wipe stuff off of it. Yeah, I figured she might not want to do that. While, while you were taking the head off, she was looking around the ship, and now she's got this sort of contemplati con contemplating look on her face as she looks at the gun batteries and the ballista up ahead and about at the structure of the ship in general. What are you thinking, Captain? Well, the Kestrel's small, but she's fast. Now those gun batteries, we, we can maybe survive one hit from them. We definitely can't survive two, but... Ships this big generally aren't as maneuverable as the Kestrel. She nods. If the, if the other ship that's coming is anything like this one, if we keep running circles around it, we might be able to hold it at bay. Okay. Oh, that might be useful, but also I don't think we want the Kestrel to get badly damaged, and we do have a crew on the ground here in case they do land. So what we could do is if you could even just take a few pot shots out at it, and then get to safety, you would probably manage to get rid of some of their crew. Maybe. Like I said, though, we, we, we've we got to be really careful, because yeah. those gun batteries are nothing to sneeze at. Like, those, no. she points at the cannons, and you see that they are, like, full-size cannons. These are yeah. twice the size of the swivel guns that you've yeah. got on the Kestrel. She's like, those are going to hurt a lot if we get hit, but this ship can only fire at something that is directly to either side of it. If you're, any, if you're at any other angle, it's going to have to use that ballista up front. And that is not going to do as much damage. She nods her head. The ballista up front is also where the entrance where the entrance is, which means that's going to be a less like defensible spot. Just shoot right into the mouth. Cacophony kind of nods her head and, and then um the guest is around and says, I think we've seen all we can see here at least. Alright. You wanna go back to the hatchery then? Yeah, I'll I'll head back to the hatchery and let them know what we found here. I'll come with you, because there's the if we if we are gonna be engaging the ship i definitely want to talk to all of you at once yes absolutely so the captain's going to come with you 
I will lead the way down the singular path. <laughs> now you see, when you get to the pile of dead bodies, it's <laughs> gotta go going. fifty more feet. <laughs> okay, Jill, Artie, and uh, and Lachlan, the draft horse. Oh, you found the horse token. Yeah, it's I, I polymorphed him into a horse. You can do that in Foundry. Uh huh. Yeah, he still got his mental stats like polymorph, like uh, like like Wild Shape is supposed to do. I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased at my new toy. Uh, so he still, has, he still has a person brain, or he's got a horse brain? No, he's got a person brain, but inside of a horse. Oh boy. Yeah. Is this is there still a horse hind brain? So like somewhere in the back of his head, he's just thinking oats at all times. Yes. <laughs> And you can see sometimes he gets a little distracted by the vegetation, as oats, especially oats, as you guys oats, are oats. are harnessing him up with the ropes. But uh, it's about after, about an hour after you guys started, uh, Cacophony and the captain uh, get back. You guys have been able to, at this point, with all of your respective strength checks, you've managed to drag about uh, two of the really, really big trees, uh, the ones that are around two feet in diameter, uh, into the tunnel and positioned them as like a barricade. Uh, do you want to leave a gap in the middle, or do you want to just have a full barricade? Mm, I would say leave a gap. Okay, so there's a, a about a five foot gap between these two trees, uh, and then you've managed to um, drag a bunch of smaller trees into this area as well. That you could either arrange uh, at like on top of the other trees, sort of make the barricade higher, or you could try to arrange them into sort of a um, a God. I'm forgetting the word for it. But when you uh, when you place a sharpened log outwards to deter uh, a, a run on charging oh, the walls, oh yeah, pipe uh, parapets. Um, Par- no, no, fuck the the uh... spiky barriers. <laughs> we all know what they are. We just don't know the word for them. It sounds yeah. fine. Yeah, let's do that thing. Okay, uh, so so you've managed to uh, to arrange that. Uh, so that's that's a pretty defensible spot at that point. There's no guarantee that something can't make its way over, but it would definitely be slowed down while doing so. Mm-hmm. And th- at which point, uh, Cacophony and the captain show up. All right, we've um, looked over the other ship. It was it was pretty empty, run by a life jammer helm. Ugh. The captain's uh, the captain's opinion of it is it is slow and but it will it it will hit hard. Basically, it slow will hit hard, while as the Kestrel is smaller and more maneuverable, but will not hit so hard. Yeah, so my theory is that if we can run circles around this thing, we might delay it or even possibly have a chance of winning against it. However, there is a there there is a very big caveat to that plan, which is the ship is only as fast as the spellcaster flying it. Karen Lachlan uh, can make the ship go pretty fast, but Jill, you would be able to make the ship go the fastest it possibly could. Right. Okay. Um... So if we're going to do this, if we're going to engage the ship, I need Jill at the helm. Okay, um, if I can lay down a couple of trap spells around here, uh, the kind that I don't necessarily need to be around to upkeep, um, yeah, I can keep a slot for flying. Okay, okay, uh, right, I don't, haven't really flown in combat, but, uh, yeah, okay. All you need to do is just keep going circles around it. Yeah, sure. Just make sure not not to get uh, on either side of it directly, because uh, one hit from those gun batteries and we're maybe dead. Two hits and we're definitely dead. Right. Hey, what if I hit it once? What if what if you hit what? Yeah, what <laughs> if I did a cannon at least, and then I ollie out and make sure no ground troops go into the hatchery. Honestly, Artie, that sounds cool. Uh huh. But you know what sounds fucking cooler? Uh huh. All those undead are going to be sitting ducks in a straight line down a hallway. Yeah, I was going to wash that. You were going to what? Yeah, if they managed to get over here, I was going to wash them down. Wash them. Okay, cool. But also, sh- explode them all first. I feel like it'd be funny to explode them in the ship first. I, Artie? Hmm? I want you in this hallway, okay? I want you here. It's gonna be so boring until they get here, though. Then you can uh, do some more feats of strength. Yeah, show off your strength for us, Artie. Don't fucking say that. Don't say it like that. <laughs> How dare you patronize me? I can lift so much. He lifts a log. 
Good job. Now can you go move some more logs? I definitely can't move a log, so you're happy. You're all ridiculous. Fine, no one likes my ideas. <laughs> he walks away. <laughs> <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. All right, so uh, in terms of preparations, is there anything else that you want to get to right away? Uh, well, I can put down a new Hallow, depending on what address spell slots are like. Check the casting time on Hallow. It's overnight. It's 24 hours. Oh, balls. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's it's a cool idea, which is why Atra did it last night. <laughs> then I can put... Then my other thing was potentially putting down a glyph of warding. All right. Oh, I kind of have an idea. Uh, how big is, like, the actual door into the hatchery? Um, the actual door is about 15 feet across. Okay. And it's not a door so much as it is just a tunnel entrance opening up into... That's fair. The interior of the pyramid. I'm gonna put a tiny hut down in the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not a terrible plan. Yeah, it, it lasts eight hours. We can move in and out of it, but any enemies can't. And we can shoot in and out of it, but enemies can't. <laughs> so you're using it as an anti-life shell. <laughs> exactly. All right, so Cacophony is casting Tiny Hut. What's the casting time on that? Like a minute or something? Uh, yeah, it takes a minute to cast, and then it lasts eight hours, and it's non-con. Okay. Uh, while you're laying down the tiny hut, uh, Atra comes over and takes a look at it, and then goes, you're not going to be fighting from here, are you? Mm, I wasn't going to, no. I, I, I'm, I'm more of a upfront person. I would prefer not to have fighting and spells and explosions going off this close to the eggs. Yes, this was more of a kind of last line of defense. Uh, this kind of basically just blocks it and makes sure they can't get through this area. Atra nods and then wanders off again. <laughs> Do you want to go, like, talk her up? I don't know. I do. She's gorgeous. I mean, she's <laughs> super beefy. She's so beefy. <laughs> but I don't know that she's into talking, you know? I mean, but she's got the kid. I think she's more of an acts of service kind of girl. Maybe, but most of the people we talk to aren't really into talking, but that doesn't stop you. That's fair. But you gotta think of how to seduce, you know? Uh-huh. Well, probably- Do we have any delicious meat? Uh, I don't have any jerky on me. Hmm. You could, I mean, honestly, you could probably go see what's up with the kid. That might be, that might be a thing. I'll do that. I'll do yes, thank you, Jill. Very good. Thank you for being a wingman. <laughs> yeah, I do what I can. Uh, before you leave, the captain says, uh, by the way, I've told uh, Mr. Hurst to fire off one of the cannons if he spots the ship coming, so we should have a bit of warning. Sounds good. Uh, and and, uh, and Cacophony will head off to, to find Kev. Okay. Where are you looking for Kev? In the support buildings? Yeah, in the support buildings. Okay. So uh, you enter the support buildings. Uh, there are some supplies piled about. Uh, which were obviously left in order to uh, keep uh, Atra, and now they didn't know it at the time, but Kev alive uh, during the wait for uh, for rescue. Roll a perception check. This should be interesting. 20? Oh yeah, he rolled a three on stealth. <laughs> so uh, you spot Kev uh, hiding behind a couple of crates. All right. She won't like get up close to him, but she will kind of squat uh, a ways back and then uh, and say in quiet draconic as gentle as one can in draconic which as we've stated is not the most gentle of language hello are you doing all right you should play a little bit of music oh uh, i should actually you're right thank you wing person jill um <laughs> she's not uh, here <laughs> she's an angel on my shoulder yeah. uh, she pulls out her viol and she starts quietly playing uh a a gentle song and she's like uh, let's see if you enjoy this and she plays like a, a little, a little quiet, gentle ditty, like a lullaby. Not, I guess, not a lullaby. That would be weird. A, a quiet, gentle, a kind of playful ditty, I guess. <laughs> oh no! Okay, so Kev, he kind of when you first start talking to him, he shrinks back further behind the crates. When he sees you not moving any closer, he kind of relaxes a little bit. And as you're playing the mu the music, he doesn't come out from behind the crates, but he doesn't look abjectly terrified of you. It's just that that appears to be where he'd prefer to be. That's fair. He's he's a young he's a young lad. It happens. Uh, she kind of gently plays some music for a bit, and then she's uh, she pauses and she goes, 
Uh, is there anything you'd like to hear? You, you see Kev, and he kind of squints at you, kind of shakes his head. And then from behind you, you hear, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, Atra. I was just coming to talk to Kev, and I decided to play him some music and just kind of help him chill out a little bit, since I'm no good at moving things. She appears to contemplate this for a bit, then nods, and uh, then she moves past uh, over to Kev and sort of talks to him quietly for a bit. You you know Draconic, so it's basically an exchange of, are you all right? She's checking in with him. Mm-hmm. And and he nods and says something to the effect of, I just want to stay here for a bit. She nods and then turns to, turns to you and says, don't bother him too much. And then continues on her way uh, back out of the out of the support buildings. Uh, Cacophony fo- turns to follow along with Atra. <laughs> okay, uh, Atra makes her way down to uh, the entrance. Uh, Jill, are you setting up that glyph of warding, or yeah? Okay, probably further in the tunnel, like before the barricade. Yeah, Atra nods at you, Jill, and says, uh, "I'm setting up another one." And she heads uh, even further down the tunnel. Uh, what element are you going to do? I was thinking the one that explodes. Fair. I mean, is that gonna? It. What's like the structural integrity of the tunnel like, though? Pretty good. It's been here this long. I guess. So Atra begins uh, about a, about a hundred feet ahead of where you're setting yours up. She starts setting up hers. No element like all the runes, all the elements explode. But what kind of like damage? Oh, force probably. It's acid, cold, fire, lightning, or thunder. Thunder then. Okay, then I'm gonna do. What don't? What do undead not like? I'm gonna say fire. I think they don't like being on fire. <laughs> I don't think anything likes being on fire. I'm gonna. Do... <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say fire elementals love being on fire. And I'm gonna do that far enough away that that's not gonna catch on the um on the barricade. And I'm also going to refine the trigger so it only activates on undead, so we won't get any friendly fire. <laughs> good call so speak. friendly fire isn't <laughs> if they are working nearby Juliana will probably like while she is casting be like so so you're also a cleric yes what's um okay I huh so like I've never met uh another cleric since I left uh home like what's what 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 what's your god like what 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 kind of what what do you serve I don't have one. Oh. So, so where's your magic come from? From my purpose. Huh. My name Atra, it means memory. My name is my function. You remember things? I remember what shouldn't be forgotten. Hmm. That's lovely. Cacophony is, is, is still lingering near Atra, <laughs> kind of uselessly. <laughs> so. Huh. So, wait, so you don't have the disconnect, do you? What disconnect? Well, okay, so when I leave my home sphere, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's like my connection to my goddess, it's, it's, it's like there's static, like the, like it's really hard to hear. And, uh, or it's like she's not quite there at all, but I still sort of have the, I, I don't know, it's, it's weird, but, I mean, if you don't have a god, then if you carry your purpose with you everywhere, do you have any problems with casting or anything? I haven't noticed any. Then she thinks and goes, that's what that gnome was complaining about. What? One of the gnomes. He was complaining that he couldn't get in touch with Jim Jim Jim, gnome god of the dead. Jim 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 what? Don't talk about Jim Jim Jim. Jim Jim Jim. Jim Jim Jim. Jim, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim? No, just the three. (laughs) Huh. Okay, so that's not just me, then. It's definitely not just me. I mean, I knew that was not just me, but now that's definitely not just me. Okay, so... The other cleric said he had no trouble getting in touch with Yum, 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 Gnome God of Nutrition, but he might have been lying. (laughs) Yum, Yum... I love Yum, Yum, Yum. Gnome deities are weird, aren't they? Well, okay. I mean, I guess... Hmm. I don't really... You wouldn't have the context for... I. You seem confused. No, just a little disappointed, I guess. Not, not I'm disappointing. No, not you. It, it's not that. It's I just I don't really 
you know, I, 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 I hang around with people who don't really use magic in the same way that I do at all. And I'm I'm from a convent and a temple where I was always surrounded by people who knew what I was talking about at all times. And it was nice to be able to talk about magic theory and stuff. And I guess I've just sort of been missing that. And you wouldn't and just the way you cast magic is it's similar, but you wouldn't have the same kind of contextual points that I would. And it's just the idea is a little disappointing. It's not you. It's it's me and I guess my expectations. She seems to think about that and says, what you are, you're a promise. Yes. What do you mean? What you are. You gain your power because you are a promise. You promise to act when needed, to be what's needed. Yes. Uh, I don't think I understand. I said my power comes from my purpose. These things that I can do, they're needed. People need them so that I can do them. Yes? I, I guess? What we share is a promise to be what is needed. Hmm. Juliana kind of thinks about that for a bit. I guess that's true. Then what's the problem? It's not actually a problem. It's just I wish I could talk to other people who talk to gods or know about gods. I've met gods. I helped invent one once. Really? Yes. But if you need to talk about gods, I could probably talk about gods. Hmm. Have you lost contact with yours? Uh, sort of. For a while. And then, well, it was a big thing. I left, I left my home sphere for the first time and I couldn't hear her when I always could. And it was a whole thing and I, it was hard and it's still hard. And I don't know, I'm in contact with her now, sort of, but it's not really, it's like she was always in the room, but now she's somewhere else in the house. Still around, I guess, but I can't really hear her. I, I don't know. I keep trying to come up with some kind of metaphor to make it work, but it's hard to describe. Do you need her in the room? <laughs> I mean, in the same way that someone... I, I mean, she doesn't have to be in the room, no, but it'd be nice if she was sometimes. To do what? To be there with me, to be around, companionship, conversation... And, you know, the same reason that you need, that you like have, that you like living with family members or, oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's a, 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 cocks her head to the side a little bit. Okay, well, I'm from people, I'm, I'm, my culture, we, we, we build community, we build families with each other. We, we gain things from being with each other, from having contact, even physical contact or, or affirmation from other people. We become greater because of that because we because we nurture connections and build communities i mean that's the whole that's part of the whole thing of the of the temple is a community is building a family and that's something that is incredibly empowering and important in my culture it may not be in yours so does your family stop being your family when they leave the room no but it's still more beneficial to have them in there sometimes than not have them there at all. And having them not there in the room, well, that can be hard. Hmm. What would you say to her if she was in the room? I don't know. I'd love to have a conversation. It's she's not a she's not a goddess that can speak in the same way that others can, just in direct sentences. It's it's more feelings and inference and i don't know i i guess i just like to talk to her once just ask her about the stuff that i don't that we lost ask her about the the history that we don't have anymore try and fill in the blanks bring something home that we can build off of more reinforce the foundations so what would you have to do to talk to your god <sighs> i don't know i Planer travel, maybe? Oh, just that? What? Just that? That's all it would take? I, 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 I think? What, why are you acting like that's a, that's a, that's a, what? Oh, I can't do it. 
Not really. I knew someone who could once. And on my world, it used to be just us. Us people, lizard folk. Right. And then there were a bunch of people, including the gnomes, that came from another plane. And it was it was hard, but it wasn't impossible. They can just do that. Yes. But can it can it go to the uh, to to the outer planes? To they're, they're those like the the the, 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 the I, I don't I don't have the language for this. Uh, there's 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 a there's a plane of 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 uh, it ease guard. Oh yes, you know that place. Yes, you can go there. I haven't been there, but if you find a portal. Or if you have the right spell, or if you're really, really, really polite to very specific, powerful beings, you can go. What? What, what people? Who? Who? What? Where? What? Really powerful spellcasters, sometimes demons, sometimes celestials. I heard about horses that could do it. Horses? Yes. Horses. Specific horses? Probably specific horses. I don't think it could be any horse. <laughs> Isn't your friend a horse right now? You should ask him. Remember that horses will sometimes suck on on wooden fences and then swallow so much air that they die. <laughs> Maybe that's like seeing God. <laughs> I, okay, okay, okay. Uh, fuck. Um. Okay, okay. That's cool. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. That's a. That's a. That's just a thing. That's that's not an if. That's that can be a when. Holy fuck. Okay. Thanks. Adra's just kind of looking at you, and then during that period of silence just gives a bit of a nod and goes back to work on the glyph of warding. Uh, Jillian will also continue casting, but while, like, drumming her fingers and bouncing her foot a little. <laughs> yeah, the glyph of warding takes an hour to place, by the way. Right, I know. Okay. So, uh, during that hour, what's everybody else doing? Cacophony can't do much helpful else right now, because she is not a lifter. <laughs> so she is mostly hovering near this conversation awkwardly <laughs> and just kind of stealths backwards at some point so she's more out of the way. Honestly, like how how are your like how does Bardic Inspiration work? <laughs> uh it it lasts for ten minutes, so I basically give you some kind of boost and then for ten minutes I can offer advantage on things yeah. by helping uh direct. And I mean you can That's probably my rogue help, power like, though. You could probably help like like, if anybody else is doing an manual labor or something, right? Just get them some encouraging music. Yeah, so what I'll do is uh, is actually I'll, I'll kind of step back and awkwardly stealth away, and then I'll go head over to Artie and Lachlan and, uh, and offer some encouraging words and suggestions on how they move things, and that should give them advantage, because I have rogue help. Yeah, those <laughs> dudes were just by themselves. What were they up to? What are the boys up to? Just being bros. Uh, the boys were, uh, I'm guessing, continuing to move trees uh, for the barricade. I guess. Is there anything else you want to do? Oh, man. Yum, yum, yum was like the greatest. Is Artie, <laughs> is Artie moving trees sexily? I mean, he's covered in mud, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> Does Artie ever do something not sexily? Does, is that even a question? I've seen him sleep. It's not sexy. <laughs> He does spread eagle. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's, sometimes that's the best position. Artie spread eagles, and Jilliana has definitely, like, in the course of their travels, Jilliana has somehow gotten an elbow in her face. You big <laughs> So is there anything you want to talk to uh, Lachlan the horse about, Artie? He's just going on on about gnomes. He can, he can, he can paw the ground. One, one, one clop for yes, two clops for no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't give a shit if, if, uh, Lachlan response he's just talking and so they were like yum 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 give me some gum and they did a thing and they gave they had gum and it was it's weird you're not supposed to swallow it they said that it would stay in me for 10 years or something i i did it anyways and you just chew it and you and it makes bubbles but it's also sticky don't get it in your hair I had to pray to the god of peanut butter, who was, I think, what what was his name? Night, night, night. Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave. The god of <laughs> peanut butter. 
Get it out of my hair. Artie also says that gnomes bowl with babies, so like, who knows how how real any of this is? Yeah, uh, uh, the canonicity of what Artie is saying is completely randomized. By the way, <laughs> any of this could be canon. Any of this could be canon. It could just be a fever dream. <laughs> he did roll a natural twenty, though. He did roll a natural twenty, so he has a high level of accuracy when it comes to information about gnomes. I'm just saying, uh, maybe you should tell him about the time that you had sloppy, terrible makeouts with Max. <laughs> Why would he do that? Why would Max come into the conversation right now? <laughs> Artie's too fixated on gnomes. Fair enough. Artie's fixated on gnomes. If you want to bring that up, that's on you. <laughs> Carry on. All right, and as 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 you're as you're talking about your experiences with the gnomes, like every once in a while, you see Lachlan's ears flick towards you, like he's listening, and he, he does appear to be quite confused. But everything you're saying, however, he is a horse, so the conversation <laughs> is entirely one sided. Yeah, and Artie doesn't mind. No, oh, I, I I would imagine not. <laughs> I feel so connected to you, bro. <laughs> He, he kind of leans over and kind of nudges you. And at first you think it's like a, a gesture of, yeah, I connect to you too, bro. Then you realize he's looking in your pockets for food. <laughs> no, that's my salmon. <laughs> oh, salmon pockets. <laughs> it's so oily. <laughs> How do you think he gets that sheen? Hmm. <laughs> <No. laughs> Gotta get those omega-3s in your diet so for healthy hair. I assumed he just carried around a water spritzer. <laughs> he does have to do that, too. Which is what's nice about this swamp land. It's, it's humid enough for him. He's actually pleased about the humidity? <laughs> yes. Ugh. He's from underwater. He's, his, normal, he's... his normal tolerance for humidity is 100%. Yeah, 100% <laughs> humidity right here. <laughs> All right, so you guys are coming up at the two-hour mark. You finish up that uh, that glyph of warding. Uh, so far, no cannon fire from the Kestrel yet. All right, so we'll probably head back to the Swamp Pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, now you know why I call this the Mutar Conservatory, because there is actually a greenhouse conservatory in Edmonton that is a big class pyramid. <laughs> mm, still going to call they it the Pro Shop Pyramid. They have a corpse flower. Neat. This place does not, though. Uh, if you smell if you smell a rotting corpse in this pyramid, it is probably it's, it's a rotting corpse. Yeah, is that what's like what's like the 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 like biome like in terms of like animal life? I assume there's a lot of insects. It's a lot of bugs uh, mm -hmm. to the point where it's they they do that thing where there's a lot of them, and then there's one that like just buzzes right down your ear canal, just mm -hmm. long enough for you to try and swat at it. Uh, so basically, Lachlan's tail's just flicking constantly while he's a horse. Yeah, Lachlan is very grateful that he's a horse right now <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and has built-in features to swat flies. Uh, there's a lot of bugs. You can hear frogs. Uh, you see a couple of birds flitting around. You don't see any, like, megafauna. You don't see any particularly large animals. Uh, but in terms of just, like, you know, average swamp life, you're seeing quite a few creatures here. And at one point, you do actually see Atra just, like, Stop by one of the uh, by one of the water pools, freeze over the water for like a couple of seconds, dart down, grab a fish, swallow it whole, and keep going. Dope. Oh, there are fish here. <laughs> Would you like to talk to the fish, Artie, <laughs> or eat the fish? He's probably gonna eat the fish. <laughs> Roll survival. Oh no, it's a net one. <laughs> so you try to catch some fish. <laughs> tries. he's not used to doing this uh, without diving in i feel like none of the pools are deep enough for him to swim in so probably not no he's never eaten he's... fish out of a tide pool <laughs> what's it's, his planet doesn't have tide pools. his his planet is legit 100 percent water <laughs> none of that goes breaks above the water level there's no what? water level it just is water <laughs> So there's no, there's no, like, sediment. Imagine, if you will, a big fish bowl. Uh-huh. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's the explanation. That's, that's the whole thing. So what do you build things out of? <laughs> that, the coral. I've said this before. Uh-huh. 
So you have coral farmers who who build these great houses. All right, whatever. <laughs> Again, anything that Artie says, the canonicity of it is completely randomized. <laughs> he could be telling the complete truth. You can't prove he's wrong. <laughs> can't prove he's wrong. Juliana sees Artie stumble and flop while trying to catch a fish, and I think she turns to Lachlan Horse, and it's like, you've been doing that this whole time? Uh, Lachlan kind of does a horsey shrug and then nods his big head once or twice. Mm. You know, you can probably stop being a horse. I think we're done. Lachlan kind of looks around, does another, like, horsey shrug and whips his tail. (laughs) Uh, No, that's fair. (laughs) However, we are coming up on the point where the time that Lachlan can be a horse is running out. (laughs) He can do it for two hours and he started about half an hour into this whole thing, so... In another half hour, he's going to go back to being a half-orc. Does the horse have tusks? Um, do you want to check? <laughs> Surreptitiously. Is the horse green? <laughs> what color's the horse? Is this like a Beast Boy situation? <laughs> is, this a, is this a WoW Druid situation? The horse has a slight greenish cast, although that might just be the lighting and, uh, you know, how much, like fog and algae and stuff is in here and if you surreptitiously look roll perception okay that's a 23 (laughs) uh as as he stops and uh munches on some of the vegetation you look over and two of his lower teeth are uh distinctly longer and pointier than the others julian is quietly gleeful (laughs) (laughs) all right so you guys have got the barricade built you've got two glyphs of warding in the hallway you've got the tiny hut as sort of a last resort bulwark thing. No sign of uh, the other ship from the Kestrel yet. What do undead even do with lizard folk? Is it just because there's a lot of them that they would want to turn into undead? I... Uh, roll insight. 26. Atra appears to ignore this question, but you can tell like her posture stiffens up a little bit. And she looks over to where uh, the support buildings where Kev is. Did something happen? What? Are you okay? Yes. Because you didn't seem okay there for a second. I don't know what that means. I was talking out loud about undead and you, is there, did something happen with Kev? With the undead? No, Kev is fine. Why wouldn't Kev be fine? Adra? Yes. What happened? Nothing happened. Something might happen. What might happen? Kev has... Abilities. That's why he was placed in my care in the first place. They figured I was the best person to train him. Those abilities make him very attractive to people who use life jammer helms. Oh, I think we might have uh, experience with that. Atra cocks her head to the side and kind of looks at you. We've met someone else who would be very appealing to life jammer helms. I don't know if it's the same thing or not, but it was something she was born with. It's probably the same thing. So he's a star heart. Yes. Okay. Anybody who wants to, roll an intelligence check real quick. <laughs> I want to. I highly doubt it. <laughs> it will do anything. Oh, not 20. <laughs> Only a nine. Holy shit, it's an 18. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is fun. Jiliana and Arturos, you actually simultaneously come to the same realization. These hatcheries are in space. You remember Natalia telling you that because she was born in space, something happened. Something about the fact that she was born in space caused her to be a starheart when she was born. All the lizard folk young are born in space. Even if maybe, Jill, Jill in particular, if even 1%, if, if even only 10% of these lizard folk turn out to be starhearts, that's seven or eight of them just from this one hatchery that's half empty. Oh, fuck. Okay, okay. So they want batteries. Fuck. Okay. Battery babies. That's terrible. I mean, we knew it was terrible in the first place, but that's even more terrible. Okay, then... Well, that doesn't actually change anything, but... But that does explain their MO. Right. I just finished assuming they wanted some sort of undead army. Right, like Takaris. Yeah. But that does give us a positive thing, actually. How's that? It means they're less likely to try and blow up anything past the door. True. 
through the hallway that's going to be in more danger because once they get through they won't want to harm anything inside but if they harm it they can't use it like they want to he's completely untrained there's does he have any control over it i mean i'm not i under no circumstances and i asking him to be in child soldier that's not what i'm talking about i'm concerned if he if if he is in danger with himself or not no right now He's too weak to do much head damage to himself or anyone else for that matter. Okay, good. Okay. All right. Then we know what we have to protect. All right. Is is there anything else that, that I can put up here and not have to directly monitor? Cacophony, Atra, you guys know you've... Cacophony, you've been around this space a bit more than I have. Atra, you know the space... And how your particular abilities put use here. Is there anything I'm not thinking of? Out of character, you could maybe put down a guardian of faith, but that would go away after a while, but you don't have to maintain it at least. Mm. And you could stick it somewhere. Right, because just to soak up like 60 damage. Yeah. Yeah. But that's about all I can think of off the top of my head. I could put down another glyph of warding, but that's all my third level spells, and I'd like to keep at least one. Right. Right. However... And she she kind of looks around and says, it's, it's specifically at the entrance, kind of goes, we could make a big log that'll swing down and hit anyone who comes through. That'd be good. That does sound kind of hilarious, yeah. Atra turns to the horse and says, I need another log. <laughs> and the horse looks at Artie. <laughs> the horse. Fine. <laughs> I'll help too. Uh, so I'll say between the three of you, you don't need to roll. You're able to uh, to get a uh, a log big enough that you guys can rig it up with some rope and a tripwire so that uh, if anyone trips the tripwire, the log will swing down and hit them. You are going to have to make sure to avoid that tripwire every time you go through this area, though. <laughs> Just put a sign that says, don't, next to it. <laughs> <laughs> sign that says, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, at the end of setting up the log trap, by the way, uh, Wild Shape on Lachlan dissipates and he is no longer a horse. Is he back in his clothes? What's up with that? Uh, he can choose whether to uh, meld his clothes back into his body. So, uh, yeah, he's he's just in his regular outfit. Okay. Which is not as slutty as his token would imply. <laughs> yeah, you're the one who chose that token. <laughs> you're the one who made it for me. It was that or generic half-orc. You're the one that drew that, Rio. I am the one that drew that. Yeah. <laughs> you're the one who, who designed that token and chose that little outfit. I didn't choose that little outfit. <laughs> the little crop top with the titties out. Yeah, crop is crop top is is so generous. It is sleeves. It is it's sleeves with a neck piece. Yeah. It's just sleeves, yeah. It's just <laughs> sleeves. I don't know. I'm, I still like the fact that there are little butterflies and flowers around him. That's just how Jill sees him constantly. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jill vision. <laughs> Oh, Jill wishes she could have the vision of his abs constantly. <laughs> okay, so who's... So I'm going. Uh, I assume the captain's going. Who's staying? Or... I'm staying. I guess I'm staying. Thank you, Artie. <laughs> oh no, are we splitting the party? <laughs> I don't know, you, are we? You did this. You did this. It sounded like we were splitting the party. Did, did you yeah. intend for everybody to get on the boat? I don't know. <laughs> I my my plan for this was just lay lay the lay lay down the possibilities and let you do what you will. Okay, well, so hypothetically, the the ship is keeping the the undead ship busy, but that's just holding them off until they land. Or 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 what exactly is is the order of operations here? Basically, the order of operations was the ship would keep uh, would basically keep them busy. Uh, and try to take, like, pot shots to at least try to uh, take out some of the things on the ship while you guys were strafing them and everything. And then they'd likely land, hopefully, several undead lesser, and uh, they'd come sure. in, and then team, ground team would be prepared to finish them off, basically. was how I understood it. I don't know if that's right. Yeah, the captain nods along to that whole plan. The captain says, there's a chance that we might be able to take this down, but the thing about these skeleton ships is that they can take a lot of punishment before they fall apart. I think what we can probably hope for is to hassle it, maybe have a chance of taking out some of its weapons or some of its crew, and then if it does get away from us and land, we've got we've got our traps and we've got whatever in place to, uh, to take out the landing party. So, 
in that case, could we still, could we get back to gap, get, could we get past the barricades before they arrive if they land? Or what, what I'm asking is, do people have to stay here? Because, I mean, hypothetically, the ideal scenario is everybody can get on the ship and then everybody can get off the ship because, you know, while we're on the ship, it would be faster to have more people able to load guns and shit. Mm. The captain thinks about it for a bit and then says, if the ship does manage to get away from us and land, if you're willing to tuck and roll, we might be able to drop you close enough. That's what to- I said. I do a shoot and then I tuck and roll and gym- do a flip. Okay. At this point, the, ca- the captain points to Artie and says he could do a flip. I could do a flip. He could do a flip. Okay, if that's an option, then then I guess we can all go back to the ship and not split the party. I I don't know. What do you guys think? Atrith looks around and says, just to be sure, I think I'd like to stay here. Right. I'll keep that barricade barricaded. Artie, Kako? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, I uh, I volunteered to go blow up a ship a while ago. <laughs> as long as the plan involves blowing up a ship, Artie's going with you. <laughs> Cacophony? Where do you want to be? I can get here very fast if we can drop be dropped nearby. Uh, I can outrun the undead. So I'm good with coming with you and then jumping down and sprinting this way. But I also feel like we maybe need someone here to... Well, I guess Atra's here. Um, Atra, would you prefer to have another person here? You're at a third level slots, right? Atra thinks about it as uh, as Kit checks how many people are needed to man the guns on board the Kestrel. I think we have a couple to spare. Yeah. Uh, At- Atra looks over uh, and says, if you could leave the guy who turns into a horse, that would be handy. At which point Lachlan pipes up, hey, I can turn into other things besides the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, we haven't seen that. Don't objectify me and my horse body. (laughs) I can turn into a crocodile, goddammit. Oh, you could turn into a crocodile. That could be cool. I can turn into a crocodile. It's badass. None of you have seen me do it, but I can do it. (laughs) I mean, we believe you. Also a raccoon, but that's not going to be combat handy. You're You're just waiting for the chance to turn into a raccoon, aren't you? You know, sometimes on nights where, you know, I'm just sleeping, I just do it. I go to sleep as a raccoon. It's very soothing. Really? Yeah. Belly doesn't mind. I can't believe I missed that. Yeah, I mean, I wake, I I turn back into a half hour before I wake up, because I can only do it for a couple of hours. But, you know, all the same. That's really cute. Fuck. Juliana just has her hand over her mouth. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Holy shit, he's so cute. God damn it. <laughs> Atra looks like she's maybe reconsidering having raccoon guy on her team. <laughs> I hear that tigers are soft and cuddly. Lachlan thinks about whether he could turn into a tiger while I check the challenge rating on a tiger. <laughs> he can turn into a tiger. Nap squad's gonna be lit. <laughs> Okay, are are you are you okay staying here, Lachlan? Um, and he looks around. Yeah, th- this should be fine. We've got lots of defensive measures. Um, I'll help as much as I can. Okay, 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 okay. No, that's good. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Okay, fine, fine, cool. Yes, fine. All right. Are you okay? You look a little nervous. No, I'm. I'm just. No, I. Just stay alive, okay? Yeah, absolutely. I I would hate to die. You stay alive, too. Right. Right, right. Yes. Okay, 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 okay. Hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. Atra looks at you, rolls her eyes, and then goes, oh, it would make me feel, you feel better. Goes over and casts Death Ward on Lachlan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Okay. Yes. Okay. Right. No. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go take a quick walk. I need to, I need to, hmm. Jillian is just going to, like, cross her arms, wander out, and just start muttering to herself about how, like, oh, okay, okay, he's in the equation now. He's in the equation about things I have to worry about now. Oh, no. Usually I just think, I just think I'm going to die. I don't want him to die. Oh, fuck. 
Look at it this way. If the other ship scores a lucky critical on you guys, he now can't be impaled by a, a beam of the ship coming through the side, like, like in Mass Effect. No, it's true. He, he's not subject to the ship critical table now. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I have to be, okay, okay, okay. I have to be, I have to be optimistic. I have to, I have to try, I have to try optimism for a second. Everything's going to be okay. No, it's stupid. That's, no. That's not how this works. <laughs> it's going to be. It won't be fine. It won't be fine. It won't be fine. Everybody's we might we might all die, but but no, no, we're not we're not all going to die. We might all live. We might live. <laughs> Artie just puts a hand on Lachlan's shoulder. Don't die. And heads out. <laughs> this feels like it's done. We're done here. <laughs> that's the end of that conversation. You did most of your talking to him while he was a horse. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Juliana comes back around, bounces on her feet a little, yanks down Lachlan, gives him a big kiss, and just... Aww. Right. Okay. Everything's gonna be fine. Okay. Gem Jammer is performed by Lexi Peppers, Annie Creighton, Kit Walker, Mackenzie Weaver, and Rio, and is edited by Jake Mason. Our character designs are by Rio, who you can find at vriosart on Twitter, and our cover art is by Canary Witch, who you can find at doodlesfromthebird.tumblr.com. Our opening and closing music is by Reckoning Storm Audio Works. For more episodes of this show and our other shows, as well as news, check out our website at crookedrussiancamp.horse. Uh, hello. Are you doing all right? <laughs> in Russian. In Russian. <laughs> in Russian. Oh, you should. Uh, hello, oh. darlings. Hello. Are you doing all right?